All right, guys, so quick disclaimer before we get into today's episode. As Tyler and I like to do, we recorded yesterday before some breaking news came out. So two things. One, Makai Mason committed yesterday afternoon to Syracuse football. He is the sixth commit of the 2022 class. Very excited about that. The only problem is we didn't know about it when we recorded this episode. So we're about to get into some football stuff, some good and bad news from earlier in the week. We do not bring up Mason, so just keep that in mind. We'll talk about him soon. Also, the other thing... Kofi Coburn has entered the transfer portal. Kind of a shock there. The Illinois center, who was one time a big Syracuse target, will get into the likelihood of Syracuse landing him, what that would mean, how much they should go after him, etc. So that'll be on a bonus episode. Tyler and I are going to meet up Friday morning, record that. It should be in your podcast feeds right around Friday at noon, probably Eastern time. So just keep that in mind. We don't know about those two topics, but right after you finish this episode, we should have an episode out for you guys, a bonus episode, talking about Kofi Coburn and Makai Mason. All right, so let's get into today's episode. You are Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Time for a football Friday, Locked on Syracuse podcast. Tim Leonard and Tyler Aki here with you every single weekday, keeping you updated on the latest Syracuse news, the latest happenings in the Syracuse sports world. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Stay updated with us over there. Also, subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts. But we're talking a lot of things football this week. There's been some good recruiting news, some bad recruiting news. There's been some all-ACC teams that have been announced over at Phil Steele's magazine. Athlon Sports has released their all-ACC teams. I've got that magazine in front of me right now, Ty, so we'll kind of compare and contrast and give our projections on who was left off, who should have been on the all-ACC teams. But we will start with the recruiting news, and unfortunately, I guess we'll start with the bad recruiting news. But it's the quarterback, Henry Bellin, a longtime priority target of Syracuse, has committed to Duke. And this is not the first time that's happened at the quarterback position. My namesake, Riley Leonard, did the same thing yeah, last say, cycle. Yeah, he, Henry Bellin's not your cousin, so right. it's tough to get really <laughs> worked up over this. But yeah, and you I know, think we the, the era of name, image, and likeness. I know. I was just about to say, Syracuse we would have that. Riley Leonard because yeah. you would have been able to pull some strings with your cousin, and he would end up at Syracuse. By the way, now that we are officially into the era of name, image, and likeness. If you want us to sponsor your son or daughter uh, that plays at Syracuse, say, say you're a parent it. listening to the show, slide in our DMs. We'll, we'll, we'll listen to inquiries. We, we'd love to sponsor a player. It reminds me of the bars that sponsor, like, the beer league softball. Like, we will sponsor right. your son or daughter. <laughs> if you, like, on your... What if we did this? We get a player who, on their wristband or, like, their tape, they just write locked on Syracuse. That's what I we need it. to do. I'll, yeah. I'll do any of that goofy stuff. I'm all for it now that it's fair game. So, yeah, slide in our DMs. We welcome that. But on the subject of Henry Bell, we will get to Jeremiah Wilson. That's the good recruiting news that I'm sure a lot of fans are waiting for us to talk about because that came out on Wednesday. But Henry Bellin is a dual-threat quarterback. And I think the part that really stinks about this one is he's a local guy. He's from New York. He right. was on Syracuse's radar for a while. They were his first Power 5 offer, being Syracuse, and he picks Duke, which is just kind of a bummer because I know Duke has the quarterback whisper, quote-unquote, and and they've had some success at the quarterback position, but it's another Syracuse early-in-the-cycle quarterback priority target that does not pick Syracuse. In-state is the key words here, and 
This is a, a guy from Cardinal Hayes who former Syracuse lineman Kadir White attended. And again, th that was someone who Syracuse fans probably had high hopes for on the offensive line, and he never developed into that. And we know that the coaching relationships are important, right? And if Kadir never saw the field, and now you've got a quarterback who he's not the, the best of the best, but he's a good quarterback, and he might be into some competition. Well, maybe he's going to be on the outside looking in. And now the Cardinal Hayes head coach doesn't necessarily want to send his top quarterback there. I'm not saying that's why he didn't come to Syracuse, but you just have to be open-minded to all these different possibilities. Listen, Duke has a solid pitch from a coaching standpoint with Coach Cut. You mentioned the quarterback whispering. That stuff matters, and he's gotten guys to the next level, some of which maybe shouldn't have gotten to the next level. Cough, cough, Daniel Jones. <laughs> right. I, I agree that Duke has a decent pitch. They've got great academics. They've got better, better weather if you want to just go down south and you've been up in New York. I, there's a reason to believe it happens. It's just kind of a bummer. And I should note, I mean, Justin Lampson was just last cycle, and we really like him. Right. That's why and, I don't think it hurts as much either. That's because, true. yeah, a quarterback would have been nice, but I feel like this program is set up pretty nicely over the next couple of years from the quarterback position, assuming guys like Lamson don't transfer somewhere. Then you're back to square one, I think. But with Lamson and, and Schrader and DeVito, I think you've got a solid succession plan in place. Yeah, and the other thing is Syracuse has not really maximized well, I guess I shouldn't say that because Eric Dungy and, and he was maximized as a quarterback under Dino Baver's system. But Tommy has not panned out to this point. Right. And I feel like if you're a recruit, you pay attention to that stuff. And that's a concern when you're you don't want to go to a place that has no offensive line and historically or recently has ranked really terribly in terms of offensive line protection numbers, whatever you want to say about the offensive line. It's been bad. That's kind of a starting point for a quarterback when you look at the program is how well am I going to be protected there? I did like that he was a dual threat guy, and it seems like they're heading more towards dual threat guys, but it, he's going to Duke, and now you move on, and hopefully you get someone else from this cycle that's a quarterback. The thing that bothers me, though, is, is the in-state stuff, because now yeah. I'm looking at it, and, and New York is very thin year-to-year -year on guys that they have in the top 1,000, right? So right now, class of 2022, top 1,000, you've got five guys. Moses Walker, linebacker, Brooklyn. Caleb Artis, uh, defensive lineman from Fresh Meadows. Jimmy Scott, defensive lineman, Buffalo area. Addison Copeland, wide receiver, Buffalo area. And then Henry Bellin, a quarterback from the Bronx. You've got the quarterback from the Bronx going to Duke. You've got the two Buffalo guys going to Pitt. And then you've got crystal balls and, and leans on the linebacker and the defensive lineman from Brooklyn and, and Fresh Meadows. You've got Rutgers and Penn State. The fact yeah. that Syracuse isn't getting a single one of these top thousand guys in the state is a real indictment on where the recruiting is. And I know you and I like to talk about how, okay, we want to see a focus in the DMV area. Yes, we do. But you still have to be able to lock down the top guys in your state. The fact that Stevie Scott was never a member of the Syracuse Orange is a crime. Yeah. I mean, the fact that a top tier running back in your area, and it's not like he went to Clemson or Florida State, or Alabama, or LSU. He went to Indiana, a program that is just like Syracuse. Not good, okay? But now has turned into a good program under Tom Allen, 
And when you can't secure your backyard guys, the, the Buffalo guys, that's really concerning to me, especially since they're going to one of your ACC rivals in Pitt. And then you look at what Boston College is doing in the 2022 rankings. You know, do you know where Boston College is ranked right now, Tim? In I don't 2022? even want to know. <laughs> it's top 10. They're number nine right now. Wow. They are number nine. And it's not yeah, they like pulled a, in a number transfers. nine. I mean, some of that was Ohio State and Halfley coming over. But still, they've done a very I'm nice sure. job with uh, but the Notre when Dame you're QB. Top 10, yeah. yeah, when you're top 10 and it's not like, oh, it's early in the cycle and they've got a couple guys. No. I, I'm, I have to do a couple scrolls to get to the bottom of their list. And they've got a bunch of guys in the top 1,000 right now. To me, there's no reason why Syracuse shouldn't be better than Boston College. You've got an established coach. You've got a year of success under his belt. And you've got, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you've got a track record of getting guys to the NFL. This aggravates me. That they they are not touching anyone in New York right now in the top 1,000. Yeah, the lack of in-state pull is very frustrating. And especially when I hear you say Pittsburgh, right? Because Pittsburgh has kind of gotten the guys that we've been going after, and they've just done a little bit better than us at, at our game. And that's where we're not asking for them to be Clemson. We're not, we are very realistic about what the scenario is. We right. understand that there is a lot of stuff that is going against Syracuse in that geography, in that region, and New York doesn't have a great talent pool. But, like, Notre, or rather, Pittsburgh, BC, even Rutgers now, it seems like they're going to start taking some of our guys with Shiano. It's just frustrating when you see those teams jumping on the New York guys. Right. And though this is your area. Secure it. Listen, I'm not saying you got to go out and get all five New York guys. That's not what I'm saying. But when you're losing top-tier guys in the state, in your area, Buffalo area, Hamburg, Buffalo, those are guys that should be orange. Hey, let me tell you about the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It is betonline.ag. We've got baseball in full swing. Nothing better than some 4th of July baseball. So get in on the action now while you can and use our promo code Locked On, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. We've got baseball in full swing. And guess what? Stanley Cup playoff action. We've got... NFL is going to be here before you know it. And you can get in on some props early now, like MVPs, Rookie of the Years, all that stuff. Also, the NBA Finals, right around the corner as well. So do what I do. Do what Tim does and get to betonline.ag and bet on all of your sports action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, when you sign up and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so transferring now to the good news, because I think we need a little uplifting after that last segment on the Henry Bellin stuff. Jeremiah Wilson. You know Wilson, what's funny? This is mostly positive 
vibe football Friday here too. We've got a yeah, a it commit. is. We've got we've got a lot of guys on on the Syracuse from Syracuse on the All ACC team. But th- th- that first segment just kind of fired me up. And yeah, then, we, as, we just <laughs> I don't know why we on these football Fridays. We maybe could have started with the good news, but now we've just angered fans, and we're going to try and reel them back in here on the last two segments. So Jeremiah Wilson commits. Defensive back, 83.6 grade on 24-7 sports. Decent offer sheet. Arizona, yeah. Colorado State, ECU. I mean, the way I, I look Iowa at State it. Iowa State was on there, too. Yeah, Iowa and, State. That's and a good I always one. respect the hell out of an Iowa State offer. Now, Matt I know Campbell you do. is the most yeah. underrated coach in college football right now. He's yeah. going to be an NFL coach at some point, too. No doubt. And he's one of those guys that was hired in the same timetable as Dino. But very... Decent offer sheet. A kid who I the part I really like about this Orlando area played at a very good high school and plays at a very good high school, I should say, uh, where you're playing against top tier talent each game. And he's going up against some of the best wide receivers literally in the country, probably because of where he's located. That is the encouraging part. I feel like if you're a three star from Florida, you're probably just better than a three star from New York, like we touched on right. the last We've segment, talked about so. this before. Yeah, it's huge. Florida, listen, you're going to get burned a couple times, but it's because you're going up against some of the top receivers in the country. But when you shine out in the state of Florida, you you deserve a little bit of a bump. And I think once you get to the end of the ranking cycles, you start to see everything even out and get to, to where their levels really should be. Yeah, and Wilson seems like he's got great ball skills. He's a turnover producer already. He fits our scheme because he's a versatile guy. I believe he can basically play all over in the secondary, and we'll see if there's any inclination on where he's headed. Maybe he's a guy that we could reach out to and try and get on this podcast to try and figure out what he's doing in terms of what his position goals are. But comes from a very good high school. He's the fifth commit in the class, and he's the first one since March, and a lot of that is because of the recruiting timetable this year was a little wonky after COVID and everything, but still good to get another commit on the board. Right. I look at it. So 24 sevens, Chris Reverso has a little blurb on, on Jeremiah Wilson says he can fill any role in the three, three, five and versatility is so important with this defensive group, especially this defensive backfield because of the fact that you're going to be interchangeable. But what happens if injury strikes at some point, That's why Trill Williams was so impressive to me last year. He could fill any different role that you needed on that back line. And when you've got guys like that, your defense is going to be in a pretty good position. Let's say injury strikes. I think Trill Williams, the fact that when Andre Sisco went down, even though Trill went down not too far after, but the fact that they had the ability to put him wherever really helped out that defense. Yeah, and you know, we talk a lot about state of the program, state of recruiting. Defensive back has been great. I mean, it really has. Yes. And, and you know, there was an interesting article on Orange Fizz recently. I believe John Eads wrote wrote the article, so shout out to him. He's great. But, yeah, He's fantastic. He, he was breaking down... Uh, Dude loves football. Loves football. Okay, so he, he went deep into the recruiting about Syracuse and how, I believe his first sentence was something like, the coal that powers the train is recruiting to a football program, right? And mm-hmm. that's we don't need to look any further than recruiting as to why Syracuse has just had a rough stretch here since they've joined the ACC. And he laid out how they have not had a top 10 recruiting class in their ACC history, which is concerning. And the more you think about it, he's he brings up some good points. I think it's a 
well-written article. The more you think about it is like the defensive backs is a example of why that's true because they've just, they have a great recruiter in Nick Monroe who is doing a great job of recruiting that defensive back unit. They hired Chip West recently. They put in the resources there and they're getting, they found a couple hidden gems. That's what you have to do. Cisco was one of them. Hidden gem might be kind of the wrong way of phrasing it, but you get the idea. A guy that became a much better player and should have been rated higher than he was in high school. Right. And all of a sudden they've turned into NFL prospects and now it's easier to get the Neil Nuns and the Deuce Chestnuts and they're rolling. And that's what they have to do at other position groups. And I wonder if it's just a matter of getting better recruiters at each position group, because it's not a coincidence that Nick Monroe, who, I mean, recruits other guys, he recruited Bellin as well, but his main job is nickel safeties, defensive backs. Right. And the place that's that been we, our best where he's going to work on the field too. Yeah, and, and he's our best recruiter, him. and that's been our best area. That's not a coincidence. Right, and these guys love him, love him. And, I mean, you you talk to Trill, you talk to Iffy, you talk to Cisco. These guys speak very highly of him. And, and another guy that I think people spoke highly of was Justin Lustig, who unfortunately has been poached away to, to Vanderbilt, too. So, I don't know. I, I look at the defensive backs, and, and Jeremiah Wilson doesn't have a national ranking, but it's gotten to the point now with defensive backs where I don't care what your ranking is per se, because if Nick Monroe sees something in you, I'm going to trust it because of the way that he's been able to develop a number of guys like Cisco and Trill and Iffy and Garrett Williams. And that's why I'm not too worried about the defensive backs, even though they're young, they might get burnt a little bit in the early going. I think it'll be a position that ultimately ends up as a strength for Syracuse because of the way that they develop guys. Listen, it may not be a Rome's built overnight sort of deal because it wasn't, but it's one of those things where you give it a little bit of time and I think you'll be in a solid spot to develop a lot of these guys. And Jeremiah Wilson is hopefully the next in line. Put it this way. If Dino came to the podium next press conference and said, we've we're completely shifting our strategy and we're putting a lot of resource and money into getting better recruiters on staff. I think I'd like that. I'm not I'm not saying he'd ever do it, but the way that he went out and got Chip West, who is just known as a good recruiter, I guess basically the crux of the question here, and even in this article, is how much of it is Syracuse is just in a terrible geographic region and it's impossible to recruit there, and how much of it is Dino Babers is maybe not the best recruiter. He's a better coach than he is a recruiter. And if you just had better recruiters all across the staff, would that make a big enough difference to get Syracuse over the top and get them one or two more wins each year if they bring in more talent? And I'd say probably. I mean, they should be closer to what they are in terms of recruiting rankings compared to Pitt and BC in those schools. And I know a lot of it is momentum and how you're doing on the field and injuries have played a part, but... I'd like to see them lean in more on recruiting, like hiring a Chip West and just find more of the Nick Monroe's out there. There's got to be more guys out there that can help you at each position group as a recruiter. Well, here's the thing that's bothersome to me is that, especially with BC, right? They're coming off a solid year, but it's nowhere near the year that Syracuse had when they went 10-3, and three, right? But they're still turning that into a lot of positive recruiting momentum and top 1,000 guys. Yep. Syracuse, that class they of 2019. Yeah. 
it wasn't great. It was still outside the top 10. I mean, you got some good players, don't get me wrong. I think Lee Koba was a good win. Michael Jones, Neil Nunn. Th- there were some good wins in there. But Lee Koba's but not even on the team s- anymore. I mean, he probably yeah. would be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, between Lee Koba, Cooper Dawson's not on the, t- on the team anymore. There's some misses in there, too. And that should be a lot stronger. That 2019 class, I think, should have been stronger. I think there were good guys in there, but I... Th- think the volume should have been a lot higher. Yeah, you know, coincidentally, I wrote an article for Orange Fizz during that cycle. I remember, and it was similar to John's article, saying basically this cycle should be better. And a lot of people push back. And I, I understand the the pushback of, no, like one season, you're not going to see it right after that season on the next recruiting cycle. You have to have sustained success. But to your point... BC is kind of proving that you can carry some of that momentum. I mean, they just had an average class right after, which I wasn't expecting a top 35 class, but I was at least expecting a little bit of a bump from what it used to be after you go and win the Camping World Bowl and you win 10 games and you're a nationally ranked team and you're on national TV a lot. Like, I just, I was shocked that they didn't get more there. And I think that was a missed opportunity. And I think Dino would even tell you as much. And I think the thing that also frustrates me is... One of the positions that should have been heavily, I shouldn't say heavily targeted, but you should have attracted was quarterback right then and there. The fact that your top quarterback in that class was David Summers, that's frustrating because what should that be? I mean, you can showcase Eric Dungy. You should be a huge, huge draw for any dual threat quarterback out there, right? On the heels of that, because not only that, but Dungy's graduating. He's out. So you're going to sit behind DeVito for a year or two, and then you'll get you'll finally get your chance to shine as a, a junior, maybe a sophomore. And that yeah. never happened. And, and that I was think Chance Amy really time range. I don't, I don't remember specifically, but that was a bummer. The Chance Amy didn't work out because he was mm-hmm. a highly ranked guy. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. The quarterback has not been good, and, and Henry Bellin's another miss. Now, I actually like where it's at right now to our earlier point, but you got to keep recruiting them and you got to keep getting success early in the cycle, ideally. All right, guys, are you looking for a new car part or a way to repair your car right now? Well, I've got the perfect solution for you. It is rockauto.com, different from the chain storefronts that are often kind of tireless and meaningless exercises, going to those chain storefronts and then getting turned away at the door because they don't have the specific part you're looking for. Instead, skip that step. Go to rockauto.com today. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online now for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com today, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. I personally have used RockAuto.com several times now. I can speak from experience, been happy each and every time, and when you go to RockAuto.com today, be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Again, put Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 
Hey, did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including their limited time offers as well? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about what their favorites are. Just ask Tim and I. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie, but they've got a variety of other flavors as well, whether it's coconut, some fruit flavors, some other chocolate flavors, the salted caramel. There's a Built Bar for everybody. And if you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you can get a mix box as well where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only do Built Bars taste great, but they're also healthy for you too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four net carbs. So order today and get that raspberry, the mint brownie, or do what I do, get the peanut butter brownie, or get whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Transferring now to the All-ACC discussion. So a couple different All-ACC teams are out there. Phil Steele drops an All-ACC list and he goes four deep on this. Best in the four teams. I love his work. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to get into this time of mode where you're ripping into college football magazines. Yeah. And you're I think, scouting and are college football magazines the last magazine standing? Because yes. some people might push back on me and say fantasy football. But oh, I, fantasy I really football too, yeah. Think, yeah. I really do call. think college football is gonna be the one that outlasts them all. That's the only two I buy anymore. And when I'm at Harris Teeter, that's the only two I look at, or whatever grocery store. That might have been a, a look at you and your southern regionalized there. Yeah. Harris Teeter. <laughs> I should have picked a, a different one. I'm at Wegmans, I should have said. Wegmans they have is Wegmans down, down They have Wegmans yeah, they, down there, don't they? I go they? to Wegmans a lot. It's great. Anyway, Phil Not Steele. Not magazines, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they have uh, as, as much of a selection there. But Phil Steele, six guys from Syracuse on the All-ACC team. He does go four deep, and he's got Pena as a specialist on the fourth team, which he did have a, a return for a touchdown last year. So we'll see. Hopefully... He is pretty solid, but first team Andre Schmidt, third team Taj Harris, Sean Tucker, Michael Jones, Garrett Williams. Four third team selections that I'm kind of all think have a chance to make it. Sean Tucker, we'll see. The only part about that is there's a lot of good running backs in the ACC, and there's even some good running backs on Syracuse's roster that might cut into his production a little bit this year, but I love Sean Tucker. Love his Twitter as well, so hopefully he does make it. What was your reaction to seeing six guys on the team? I my number one reaction was this. I'm glad Sean Tucker's getting this sort of recognition because he deserves it. Dude worked his tail off. He was supposed to be the fifth or sixth running back on the roster last year, and as a true freshman, made noise and made you feel confident in the running back position despite being behind a very suspect offensive line. I'm glad Tucker's getting this sort of recognition. And you're right, his numbers may not look all they're cut out to be, but Listen, if he's the best guy in the room next year, he's still going to get his touches. It, it, he is going to go in as the starting running back. Has to. Has to. And yes. he showed yep. it last year. And I'm there's no player who I'm more excited about in their development year over year for these next handful of seasons than Sean Tucker. You have an offensive skill piece that can do all these different things for you out of the backfield. You have not been confident in the running backs out of the backfield to get you rushing production. You've worried more about what the quarterback can do for you in that department. And that's not the case anymore. And I think it's going to bring tremendous balance to this offense. 
If the offensive line is improved, which ultimately will improve the quarterback play, and you got a nice running game to go with that, I thought Dante Strickland was a little underrated because he did a number of things that didn't show up in the box score for Syracuse. But can you imagine Eric Dungy with a Sean Tucker in his backfield? That would yeah. have been some scary stuff offensively for Syracuse. Yeah, and he had some decent... I mean, Mo Neal was pretty good uh, for a couple years there. But you're right. I think yeah. from a blocking standpoint, Strickland was underrated. The Athlon Sports Magazine, by comparison, only two guys mentioned on the All-ACC teams. They only do three teams. And Taj Harris and Michael Jones are in the third team. So Garrett Williams left off. Also, Andre Schmidt left off, and he's on the first team, and Phil Steeles. And I'm glad to see that, because I read that Athlon Sports breakdown, and I was just thinking, how is Andre Schmidt, who was literally the kicker of the year in the country two years ago, I think it was now, how is he not even mentioned as an All-ACC guy? I mean, I know he hasn't kept up that historic pace, but it's not like he's Still not a very reliable kicker. I, I was surprised to see him left off the list. So I'm glad that Phil Steele put him on the first team. Right. And some of the other names that we mentioned there, you know my affinity for Michael Jones. Dude's got a nose for the ball. Yep. I think that's a big reason why he'll be on this list. What I'm interested, okay. So you've got your third team guys, right? Tucker, Taj, Michael, and Garrett Williams. Who has the best chance of elevating to maybe a second or first team? And who's got the best chance of being left off? For me, Taj Harris is the easy elevator answer. I think he has a very good... He was third team last year. Production's going to be there this year. He's a guy that has seemed to make strides each and every year and get better. There were some interesting stats on Taj Harris on, on the Pro Football Focus magazine, basically breaking down how he's great after the catch. And I tweeted some of that stuff out from our account. But he has broken more tackles after the catch than anyone else in power five in the last two years of college football and actually five more than anyone else. And he's a great vertical threat. He's one of five power five wide receivers with at least three 60 plus yard touchdown receptions since 2019. And the other four apparently have gone on to the NFL ranks, according to pro football focus. Now the one stat that was against him from their breakdown is he has the worst contested catch rate in Power 5 by nearly 10% over the last two years. He's caught just four of his 25 contested opportunities since 2019. So that's probably a product of him not being super strong as well. If he can improve his ball skills a little bit this year and just become more of a complete wide receiver, there's going to be opportunity for him there, especially if Syracuse is down in some of these games like we expect when it gets to ACC time. I think he could elevate to second or first team just based on numbers. So those stats that you threw at me, I didn't know them, but neither <laughs> surprised me. Because yeah, right. what have I always said about Taj Harris? He He's just super slippery. You cannot tackle him. He's always going to evade a couple guys. And on top of that, the, the contested ball rate, when have you ever seen him go up and get a jump yeah, ball? Yeah, really. And, and, and Syracuse listen, I'm not saying that's bad, Yeah, right? Recently. You can be a great receiver and not go up and get jump balls. I look at... Someone like not everyone can be Jamal Custis, but look at guys like Sean Riley. All right. He was a really quality receiver. Nikeem Johnson, that one year in 2018, really good receiver. He wasn't necessarily a jump ball guy. He'd go up and get one every once in a while, but that's fine. Not with even. Me. Yeah, right. That's fine with me. So to but to answer my question, um, I think you're right. I think Taj is probably the most likely to to elevate because he could put up in a thousand yard season. Yeah. I also look at it 
Garrett Williams is not going to be a third team member. I just don't know. Is he going to be a first or second or left off the list? Because <laughs> now, now it gets into this, all right? With Garrett Williams, he's either going to be such a stud that you're not going to be able to throw on him, and so he'll get first or second team, or he's going to get targeted and peppered, and they're going to spread the ball all across that defense, and maybe he wasn't all that he was built up to be last year now that he is the number one cornerback on the team that, okay, maybe he drops off a little bit. I lean towards he rises, but I, I just know he will not be a third team member. He will either be first yeah. or second team or he will be off. So that's a good point. I think Garrett Williams, so much of this is just the product of what position you're in. It's not like we're saying Garrett Williams is not, I mean, he might be the best player on the Syracuse football team. If you, if you were rating all the players, he might be yeah. the best, but Taj Harris, I just picked him because he's in a good situation. Wide receiver's a flashy position. All that stuff is favoring him. Tommy Garrett loves Williams, him, too. Yeah. Yeah, right. Garrett Williams, for him, the secondary is going to be probably a weakness next year. Syracuse is going to have a reputation of getting thrown on a lot, potentially. And he's not going to get thrown at maybe a ton because there's going to be other weak links. It's just going to be tougher for him to make plays when he's now the guy versus the third or fourth option in the secondary, I just find it hard for him to rack up the stats to get to a position where he catches people's attention that isn't watching Syracuse football every day. And we've talked about this a lot. Those all ACC voters are not watching Syracuse football every day, unfortunately. And it showed in some of the voting recently. So while I think he should be on the team and I think he's a stud, if we're actually picking who's most likely, I, I worry that he's in the best situation for himself. While we're on this, by the way, you mentioned voters. Do you have a vote this year? I have not gotten anything, so. Okay, I don't know when it yeah. comes. I think it comes out around media day time, but as yeah, of now, which... I, I do not have a vote. But you, right. are, you, are a, you are the reigning vote getter on this show, so I'll, I'll let you <laughs> handle the preseason voting. Um, but If I get it, and, we'll see. I, I don't jump over tables to make it happen, but I, I know it bothers you, so maybe I will this year, just just because yeah, I know I, that was a running gag last year. Um, anyway. All right, anything else I, from I, you on yeah, all ACC? Yeah, one more thing. Yeah. So, from the list, obviously not every Syracuse player made it. I've got my answer, and maybe I'll give mine first so you can think about it because I haven't consulted you on this, but if there's someone who's not listed that ends up making this list, who would it be? Do you want me to go first by you a little time? I've got a couple quick options I'll throw at you. Okay, go. Kingsley Jonathan, one, comes to mind because he could rack up some stats, blitzing, pass rushing. Mm -hmm. I would say this is kind of off the wall, but... James Williams as the punter? I mean, Nolan Cooney okay. did it last year. No one would have yeah. projected it. I, I didn't have him, but I like that. I like that yeah. pick. And I think it's just an area where usually Syracuse thrives. It's going to be different without Lustig this year. There's some question marks there. I don't think special teams is as much of a strength, but still, he's a talented guy, so I could see him putting up good stats. Maybe Steph Thompson's another guy. Who, who else were you thinking? I said... I would guess a defensive lineman ends up making one of the teams, but I don't know which one it would be. But I have a feeling you've got some fifth and sixth year guys in there. You're going to have a lot of experience. I think one of the defensive linemen ends up making one of them, but yeah, I, I couldn't pick one. So I, I agree. I guess to a degree, I agree with your Kingsley Jonathan pick, but it could be Bear. 
It could be Josh Black. I think any one of them is a candidate to make it. But I also understand why they're not on the list right now either. Right. There's always a couple guys that jump out of nowhere. I mean, Sean right. Tucker, Garrett Williams were not on our... I mean, they were on our radars because we love Syracuse football, but to the general public, they were not viewed as key contributors going into last year, and that was partially because of injuries, but still. All right, so we thought that was it for the Friday episodes, but we've got that bonus episode, like I mentioned at the top, so keep in mind that if you're a morning listener, it'll be out in a couple hours, but Friday afternoon, we are dropping that bonus episode might be out already. Just scroll down your podcast feed to get us talking Kofi Coburn and Makai Mason. And we'll talk to you guys then. Mm-hmm.